0: Welcome along to episode 165 of the Jesnet Weekly Podcast, the totally free and independent Ranger show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always absolutely free. And just as a wee reminder, it's not just the podcast that we have for free here at Jazznet, but if you head over to our website at www.jesnet.co.uk, you can find a whole host of really great content, including a friendly discussion forum, plenty of articles, social media, a history archive, match reviews, previews, all sorts of stuff. So please do head over to the website and check it out. We've been away for a few weeks, but Rangers are back in less than 48 hours, so we're here to take a look at what's been happening over the transfer window in the last couple of weeks, as well as previewing uh, Tuesday night's trip to the todre. Not an easy game to, to throw ourselves back into the second half of the season, but there we go. Um, as always, we are live. It's just gone 9.35 on Sunday, the 16th of January. If you're joining us live tonight, then thank you so much for giving up your time and welcome back to the World of And um, Please do let us know your thoughts, your questions, your comments, and we'll get to as many of those as we can. As always, the podcast is available for download after the broadcast goes out, usually on first thing on a Monday morning. You can get that wherever you get your podcast from, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Uh, I apologize that we're a few minutes late, but one of our esteemed colleagues was having some technical difficulties. I'll let you figure out which one that was. Uh, It's the same one who also seemed to have to run away for a couple of minutes whilst the intro music was playing there and gave me a wee bit of a heart attack. Um, We'll introduce our guest now. First things first, joining me this evening, a very warm welcome back to Colin Armstrong. Colin, was, uh, was Santa good to you?
1: It was okay, yeah, yeah, I'm more of an age where it's, you know, socks and pants and that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, got a nice pair of shoes from the wife, a couple of good albums, aye, pretty good, yourself, was it good to you?
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad, judging by tonight's show, he never got you a watch, um, but no, I
1: can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom, he's right yeah. in there, straight away, yeah.
0: right, oh, aye, aye, brilliant. Um, but yeah, not me. It was fine. He managed to find me down here in London. Everything's been it's been fairly quiet, hasn't it? You know, there's still restrictions and
1: taking yeah. lateral flow
0: tests and all that stuff. So straight back into it now with the long, long old January. You back at work and everything?
1: Yeah, I was back last week, so that was my first week back. So I, that was pretty grand, uh, pretty full on at the moment. I've got a big deadline coming up at the end of January, so the brown stuff is. Pretty much hitting the fan every day, so it's it's good, it's good. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Also with us this is evening, Stuart. We have Stuart. Good evening. How are you? How have you been spending your your weeks without Rangers?
2: Yeah, well, I've I've managed to survive this far, so not long to go now before the the, the matches return and the football returns. So looking forward to that. Um, you know the whole thing about Santa, he was pretty good to me um I, you know we were we were actually having a discussion before we came on air as to whether calling it a new laptop or not but well not yet <laughs> the, the, the juries the jury's out now i'm not sure whether the watch comes before the laptop but we'll see yeah oh, he needs something he needs something
0: maybe a personal assistant to get into shows on time um so what we're going to do? We're going to take a look at the, the transfer activity first of all, and then we'll we'll move on to to preview the Aberdeen game. Colin, we'll, we'll start with yourself, and we'll take a wee look at uh, transfers, and before we look at uh, activity going the other way, and um, a, a permanent signing brought in. sands, where does he play? What would you expect him to have uh, for the for the second uh, half?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm like you, I, I hadn't heard of the boy at all, really. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, uh, I I a wee read today. Uh, of Jordan Campbell's piece in Athletic that sort of you know, provided some info on him and seems to be he's, he's quite versatile, you know, so he's, he's sort of centre half, holding midfielder, right back, can even play as a number eight. So, but some pretty, pretty big people are saying some good things about him, you know, David Villa, uh, Patrick Vera, Claudio Rea, you know, a lot of, uh, he's, he's came across a lot of big names in his career so far in America and they're saying a lot of positive things about him. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see where he plays. I'm wondering if immediately he might just provide a bit of cover at right back with with, with Patterson going the other way. Uh, But I suppose time will tell. But I mean, I'm I'm quite confident with the recruitment because, you know, recently we've got more right than we've got wrong. If you know what I mean, especially when it comes to, to younger boys coming in so... Yeah, he it seems to be. He seems to have, as I say, that uh, the backing of quite a few big names. I'm quite confident with Ross Wilson and you know the recruitment. So it all looks good. It looks like it, it should be a good addition to the squad.
0: Sure, is the is the American market one that Rangers should be looking to exploit? I, I mean, obviously the, the way they do recruitment over there is a wee bit different, and and I think this James Sands is the first homegrown player from NYCFC, a fairly new club um, that sprung up a few years ago, but. I mean, the the players out there aren't on massive salaries, but surely the the standards and quality of football out there is getting better and better. It it makes sense that that's a market we would try and exploit.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at the the MLS in general and you look at the players that have come to Europe, they've made a bit of a name for themselves and created a bit of a reputation. I mean, in terms of um, James Sands, this, this time about a year ago, I know that Borussia Mönchengladbach were... Looking at him, but then again, the German clubs uh, in general um, look at the MLS as a, always as a, a source of new talent and untapped talent a lot of the time. Um, it, I mean, Sands has eventually had a, been given a call up to the the full um, USA squad, and you only need to get through that to sort of look and see where some of the players. And some of the names within that team are are playing and performing. I think probably the best known just now is probably somebody like uh, Weston McKinney um, at Juventus. So when you're, you're looking at guys through that squad, and there's guys playing in the Bundesliga, there's guys playing in uh, you know in the French top flight, guys playing you know Italy, Spain, you you name it, in Portugal. You have to think that they're well-respected, first of all, to have made that move, but secondly, that they're actually holding down positions at these clubs. I mean, you know, I know people will say, well, there's guys in the Scotland team at uh, at Manchester United and at Arsenal and and, and rhyme off a a list of where these guys are playing. But the fact is, not too many Scots have made it in Europe as players. And I think, you know, that's probably a measure of how well respected some of the, the, the Americans are and some of the, the new American talent is. And I and I think, you know, who can say? It's fine as as Colin was alluding to there, the likes of you know David Villa and Patrick Vieira, Claudio Arena, saying this guy has has got what it takes. Equally, I know a number of guys that Sir Alex Ferguson have said was a, a fantastic talent or could be making a great manager. And it never quite worked out that way, and time will tell. But I think he's a, he's probably a good addition to the squad, especially at this time when there are injuries at certain in certain key positions, and also maybe a lack of the kind of strength and depth that Rangers had a few months ago. I think that's that's a key point, isn't it? With
0: uh, the injuries suffered to Holander and Balogun this season with Patterson, as Colin says, going out the door. Um, yeah. And with all these options in, in midfield, the, the, the boy seems to be a real utility player. And, and just looking at his stats here, um, you know, he's, he's 21 years of age, 65 appearances at New York City, who ended up winning the MLS Cup, which is you know, obviously essentially winning the, the, the MLS, winning the top tier in America seven full caps for the, the U.S. men's national team. Uh, it, it certainly seems to be a, a shrewd piece of business. I understand it's a, a loan with then a, an agreement to buy after the loan's expired. So it, it seems like a very, very encouraging sign. Colin, speaking of encouraging signs, um, in the last few days, we've, we've had confirmation of the pre-contract signing of, uh, of Mr. Sutter from Hearts. Obviously, he started his career at Dundee United. I think still holds the record for Dundee United's youngest ever first team player. Um, had a torrid time with injury, but um, it's certainly, a, a, again, a boy with real talent, real potential. Uh, full international for Scotland. Um, and, and to some, I guess, the, the, the recruitment model that Rangers should have is to hoover up the best Scottish talent that's available. How, how happy are you with this signing
1: as well? I mean, I'm not going to lie, slight like concerns about the injury thing, because I think Rangers have a history in terms of signing players who end up, you know, you know, the one that springs to mind is Kuznetsov off and all that kind of thing. So I I've got slight concerns about the fact that you know he comes with, with that reputation that he's 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 had was it two Crushites, I think, yeah, two Crushites. Um, yeah, the same, same one twice. Same yeah. one twice. So slightly concerned about that. But I, I mean everything else is positive. You know, I'm I'm kinda like you, the the, the fact that you know all my favourite Rangers players bar a couple. Scottish, you know what I mean. So I always like to see the club signing Scottish players. I know some supporters have got a kind of snobbery about that, you know, they want us to be linked with with, with, with names coming in from, from from elsewhere. But I do like to see us sign some Scottish boys now and again. So yeah, you know, he's 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 obviously a a, a player that's done really really well. at Hearts. He's came back well from 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 those two injuries, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff for the Hearts fans since it's happened, and. Yeah, uh, that's been quite fun. You know, it's it's it is what it is at the end of the day. You know, it's kind of it's kind of what happened to us with Gerard going to Villa. You know, I mean, there's bigger money, and it's you know, it's a, he would view it as a step up in his career. Uh, you know, to his final destination, which is which he hopes is Liverpool. And it's probably the same for for Sutter, You know, I mean, he's probably been playing Dungeon United and Hearts one day, looking to get the chance to go to go to Rangers or Celtic or, 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 or a club down south and he's got that opportunity and he's taken it. So I'm not quite sure where the Hearts fans are coming from. I know I know they're sort of saying I oh, was stood by him through two injuries eh, and all that. I'm not quite sure what else they could have done with a player who was under contract to be honest with you. But aye, it is what it is. And I'm glad to see, as I said, I'm glad to see some Scottish boys coming in. And again, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, because you say, he's a full Scottish internationalist. Eh, you know, he was... He was the captain of Hearts, mainstay state of Hearts. I, I kind of wonder if he's coming in not as a squad member, as you know, he's going to he's going to be part of the Rangers. Uh, you know, the, the two centre half parents. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. I'm wondering if he's a replacement for Goldson, so we'll, we'll find out in the long term, I suppose.
0: I guess that's that's the point, isn't it? It's Conor Goldson. It's quite obvious, isn't signing a new deal unless we offer him. Um, the, the wage that makes him the, the highest paid player in the squad which doesn't seem to be happening Leon Balladin just checking there's 33 years of age um, and it has, has done well and uh, has, has done very very well in his time at Rangers but he's not a, a long term prospect for us certainly as he seems to keep picking up injuries um, yeah I think, I think you're absolutely right The sister's not coming in to warm the bench I mean he might be coming in to provide competition but it's strong competition hearty competition and he'd be pushing for one of those two starting centre half spots Stuart, we're in this awkward position now, I suppose. Or maybe the player's in an awkward position whereby he has agreed his future. Um, but at this point, again, as I say, on, on Sunday the 16th of Jan, um, he's still a Hearts player in that there's, there's clearly been no fee agreed between the two clubs. Um, you have to believe that Rangers would be pushing to try and get him in early as they did with uh, the likes of Gwen Camara. But how important is it, do you think, to, to try and get him in early? Would you be paying a lot of money to do so? Or are you happy to see him wait at Hearts until the end of the season?
2: I think I think you're probably looking um at something between um two goldfish in a balloon um and half a million quid. And somewhere in between those two figures there is probably what Hart and Rangers will agree on. Personally, I think if you if, if you've signed up a guy like this and you see him as your future, for me, you want this guy as part of your future as soon as possible. You want him to be at the club and you want them to be playing games for Rangers, I I don't see the point in hanging off another six months to see to see what happens. Um, you know, the if you have ambition of retaining the championship, I think these are the kind, of, this is the kind of personnel that Rangers should be bringing in. I don't see them coming in as a, a backup or um, a, somebody as a you know a replacement in one of every three games, I can see him actually being a starter. And and I agree with Colin. I've always liked you know players in Scotland moving to other Scottish clubs and bigger clubs and improving themselves. And I think the advantage that you get there, unlike some foreign talent you bring in, is that these guys, in general, and a vast majority of the time, hit the ground running because they know what's expected of them. They know the pace of the game. They know. What they what they'll get away with in Scotland, and I think to that extent, he he should be um, a a good acquisition. He, I mean, he's still he's only in his mid twenties, so he's a uh, he, you're looking longevity wise. So if he signs a three and a half year deal, if he's made it and he suddenly becomes the new Alan Hansen, Rangers will be selling him at a tidy profit at the the peak of his his, his career. Um, if not, and he's happy to stay at Rangers and he makes a, a go of it, you'd be you'd be quite willing to keep on somebody like that. Just when Colin was saying there about the transfers and, and guys that have been injured previously. I think the you know the Kuznetsov one um is 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 one of the you know the better known ones. I still think that Daniel Prodan um, has to be the, the one that takes the the you know, the unwanted honors when it comes to somebody who was evidently not fit when he was signed. Uh, and and sadly the guy's not here and never got a chance. But when that transfer was taking place, Prodan, it was between either Rangers or Tottenham that he went to. And I think Tottenham in that one does the a, a Howitzer shift. Never been that I'll,
1: I'll,
2: I'll come in on that sure, I, I would
1: I would argue that Kutznetsov was worse, because I was at his debut, and we saw what he was going to be, you know what I mean he was just, just an outstanding centre-half we never saw Prodan, you know what I mean, so we would never really know it's almost like, we never really saw what we lost, what we never got, so to speak, but Kutznetsov we did you know, those one and a half games that he played, he just looked like an absolute world-beater and I think he would have been, been such a a big, big player for us. And then, as I said, a game and a half in, no one's near him. His knee bursts and, and essentially you don't see him again. You know what I mean? So that's the one for me anyway that, 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 that always sort of stings a wee bit. I imagine it's done a bit more for him. Um, <laughs> I think
0: when it, when it comes to um, to John Sutter, I, I agree with the pair. Is a phenomenal talent. It's the kind of signing we need to be making, And it, as I said, Colton's contract's up in a few months. I think Balogun, Balogun is up at the end of the season as well, isn't it? Isn't it? So um, It's one of those where if he, he can have the next few months, have the second half of the season to bed into the... I mean, I don't know how, how accurate that is or how real that is in, in practice, but to bed into the squad, to get used to the style of, of, of play, the style of management and coaching and then really hit the ground running next season. I think that's what was kind of aspired to with Scott Wright, maybe not kicked on so much um, this year as we hoped he would. But you can see that the plan there, you can see how they want it. To. I mean, it certainly happened with Glenn Kamara And um, You can see what a, what a success he's been. Finally, Stuart, one other, not necessarily a new signing, but uh, Cedric Kitten has been recalled uh, from Gloucester Firth out in Germany, um, comes back in and it seems like the manager's been keen to, to get him in and, and, and give him a chance to, to get going. Um, given that
2: Jermaine was out the door, which we'll come on to in a moment, are you pleased to see it and come back? Are you happy to see him get th- a chance? I think the majority of Rangers fans, given his track record, is they're probably actually quite happy that he's made a, made a return. I think, I wouldn't say there was, it was shot when he, when he went out on loan, but there were a few raised eyebrows and a few people were surprised because he did seem to have an impact. He was, he was an impact player. I mean, I would say that's probably what you get out of him is he's somebody who comes off the bench and, and does contribute. Um, especially if you're playing Motherwell. You know, I think he's, he, he's the kind of guy that he, he, he's obviously a fan's uh, favourite. Um, I'm not quite saying that he's ready for cult status just yet, but I think there, there were more people kind of nodding in agreement that he was actually making a return than there were people um, saddened by the fact that, um, you know, Defoe was, was making way in the squad for him. Yeah, that's, that sums up exactly how I feel. The boy's clearly a talent, um,
0: scored some good goals, scored some important goals. Um, was it Lech Poznan last season in Europa? He, he led the line, took his goal well there. Um, and yeah, very excited to to see what he can bring. Colin, how about yourself? What are your views on, on it? And,
1: I, felt, I felt he was quite unlucky to be yeah. moved on and on loan in the summer. I mean, he's clearly no at the standard yet where you'd be looking at be Rangers number nine or you know, holding that berth permanently. But every time he comes on, you know what? He's the type of player that I really like because he never hides. He always he's always looking for the ball. He's always working. He's always trying to link up the play. A real, real, honest player. And I think any manager uh, would would look at someone like that and think, you know what, I might be able to do something with this boy and and turn him into a player because His attitude seems spot on. Uh, I think he's a a half-decent finisher. I think he links the play up well. I think he holds the ball up well and brings others in. Still a wee bit rough around the edges at times, but I I was a wee bit surprised when he went uh, out and loan. I must admit, I thought he'd have been someone who'd have been looking to, you know, increase his sort of playing time and and try and make a, a claim to get more regular game time. So I was a wee bit surprised when he went, and I'm certainly glad to see him back because, uh, if, if Rangers are in a hole in a game, you know, if needing a goal, I would I would always trust him to come on and do something for
2: us. He's got, he's got a, a kind of habit as well, of scoring on orthodox goals, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he does. He doesn't. He's not the kind of guy that's going to come in and, and get a knockdown. Okay, he might knock the ball down for somebody else to score, but he he's liable he score from the unlikeliest positions or the unlikeliest sources. And I think I think that makes him something you know that he won't in terms of your armory, he he offers something different to, to anything else that Rangers have got. Hence the reason why I think, you know you know, much as Defoe contributed last season, ultimately I think that if you're looking at somebody, especially the whole connection with Roy Mackay, Roy Mackay must be looking at the the, the what Rangers have in terms of their arsenal. Um, and the the various strikers that they have got and what they what they give and the one thing that Rangers have kind of liked is somebody with that kind of aerial threat. It is not an out and out, you know, target man. He can't play that role. He's very effective wherever he plays, but I think it just gives Rangers more options.
1: Well, you can, you, sorry, Ross. I'll tell you, sorry. Yeah. I'll tell you something else. If you look at the improvement, speaking of Roy McKay, there. If, if the improvement in both Morelos's performances and his goal scoring and his body shape, I mean, if you've mm-hmm. seen the the photos of him recently, he's looking as trim as as he's ever looked. If that's what Roy Mackay can do with someone like Morelos, who always had that sort of I can't be asked look about him at times, what's he going to be able to do with a guy who seems really keen and up for it? Someone like Eden, you know, I, th- I think I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of improvement can be done there. And if if you know, if Roy Mackay's done something miraculous with Morelos in terms of turning him round in terms of his attitude because that performance against Hibs in the semi-final was embarrassing. That's probably one of the worst performances I've seen eh, from a ranger striker. He just had no interest and to go from that to where he is now you know, doing extra work eh, that photo I shared on the WhatsApp that's as trim as I've I've seen him in a long, long time. You know, he's scoring goals again so if you if can Think what Roy McKay can do. We said to and get him in and get him improved, working working his game and improve him. Then you're getting a better player.
2: I I just wonder if Roy mackay has got a DVD that he's just walked into Mar雷斯 and going here. That's what I've done. Yeah. Once once you come close to that, then you can you can start pulling faces and you know being Mister Huffy and all the rest of it. You can do it you like. I don't care as long as you are scoring the goals. But this is the standard that I've set. Now, do you want to? Do you want to listen? And do you want to learn? Or do you want to go somewhere else? I
1: think yeah. I think that is it. No, the case that Troy McKay can speak Spanish, can't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. So
1: I just I just wonder if the fact that someone can actually communicate and better with Morelos, I'm still a wee bit miffed that Morelos hasn't he made a better effort to to learn English, but. The fact that someone can now actually speak to him fluently and and maybe be able to more put you know a comforting arm round his shoulder and all that kind of thing and when he, when he maybe needs it it was maybe difficult for Gerard to do that if there was a communication issue so I, I just wonder if that's helping as well one Roy McKay's a you know he was a world class striker and two he he can talk to me or else you know they, they talk they, they literally talk the same language yeah
0: don't forget though that Graham Murphy also speaks Spanish and that will yeah. so see how that went that. Um, I think you can see, I I agree, I'm really pleased that Itton's come back, and I think it has been done, as Stuart says, not not necessarily because he's an aerial threat, but he does bring something that the rest of our strikers don't bring. Say we have four key attacking threats now in Morelos, Itton, uh, Sakala, and Kamar Roof. They all bring something very, very different. If you want a a physical bully uh, to, to, you know, frustrate defenders and uh, really put himself about, you've got Morelos. If you want the, the guy with pace running at defence and getting a shot away, you've got Sakala. If you want, yeah, the target man, flick on, hold the ball up, you've got Cedric Kittin. And if you want just the genuine sort of technical striking genius goal scorer or 50-yard goal scorer as well, you've got Kamaru. So it really does have, a, it's a front line that has so many different options to it. And, and that's what that's what you need. So I think it's very, very encouraging I guess, I mean, it's, it's a good point, as good a point as any, to, to move on to the the outgoings from the squad. And and Colin, whilst we're talking about Cedric Kittin coming in, it's uh, the elephant in the room is that someone had to, to make way for that. And, and that man was Jermaine De Um Now, he's been incredibly complimentary about his time at Rangers. Um, obviously, it's his only league title in, in his illustrious career. Um, a spectacular talent, uh, a predator, a goal scorer, every place he's gone through a a very, very successful career. One of the greatest Premier League strikers in England of all time Um, and he's spoken very, very well and very fondly about his time at Rangers Um, but he wasn't getting game time. As we say, Roy Mackay's been brought in as the new management team to be the strikers coach and so he lost his coaching responsibilities. Is this one where actually it suits all parties to to get him off the wage bill and let him go and seek a new challenge?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I mean he's 39 you know, I mean uh, as, as good a player as, as he is. I mean, even under Stephen Gerrard, who obviously rated him very highly, his game time was becoming limited. Even then, you still, you still, you know, if he was, if he was coming on for the last five minutes, you would trust him to get a goal. You know, that's, that's how good a striker he is. Eh, uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was just one of those, it, you know, as, as, far as I'm aware, he was commanding quite a, a decent salary. You're not getting a huge amount of game time And when the new management team come in, he's then not got his, his, his coaching duties anymore. So it is a wee bit of a, it's a shame it's came to this, really. You know, it's 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 not the best way. I mean, it's not a bad way for his his career at Rangers to end, sorry, but it's probably not the way he wanted it to end. You know, I, th- I think he probably thought he had one more, at least one more year in him here, eh, and even if his game time was limited. But I mean, the way he was speaking through the week about Rangers, I mean, it says a lot about him as an individual, but it also says a lot about us as a club. You know, the amount of people that have come in. You know, obviously the boys for Scotland is talking about earlier on, like to see Rangers sign Scottish boys. They know what Rangers are about, so you know that, that that's by the by. But when you've got people coming in from, especially from the league down the road, you know this the self proclaimed biggest league in the world, which is finished in January. Uh, you know, when you've got players coming in for that for that standard and coming to coming to Rangers, and then just when he was on Sky Sports the other day, I mean, he was waxing lyrical about the club in terms of, you know, the size and the, the people within the club, the supporters. You know, that, that says a lot about us as a club. You know, we, we take a lot of negative press from from individuals up here within the media and stuff like that and people in public life. There's someone who's, you know, a respected professional uh, at a very, very high level in the game coming into the club and almost immediately thinking, whoa, <laughs> this is someplace, this, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I I think I I really enjoyed having Jermaine Defoe at Rangers. Uh, I think he's one of the most natural finishers I've seen, even although we got him at the tail end of his career, you know, some of the goals he scored. That one last year was against Ross County. Uh, It was at Livingston. Mm -hmm. Tavernier just floated it over and he just passed it in. I I counted it the other day. It was, you know how the, the shades in the park are six yards. I think it was sexy though, so it's like he's watching that, but it's like a thirty-six-yard pass, and he's got to watch it all the way, and then just you know, you no know, thump it, laces through, it, all that kind of thing, just caress it into the, the you know the bottom corner, just a just a natural finisher really. And it and that day he came on against Celtic, you know, he came on. I said to my boy, I said, I, I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to get the goal because you, you wouldn't have put it past him. And I think he only came on in like the eighty-fifth minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like Jenna's like, "On you go, get your goal," and and he gets it. You know, yeah. so yeah, a great player, great striker. Certainly, from what I, I see, from what he says in the media and stuff like that, he also comes across as a as a great guy as well. Uh, and it was it was it was really enjoyable having him at the club.
2: But at the time in his career as well, you know, being offered okay, it's been offered maybe a coaching role. He started he started leading a kind of parallel life, didn't he? He had the the Rangers side of it. And all of a sudden, he's appearing in Sky Sports. And people are saying, you know, why is is he down covering this game when he should be sitting in the house preparing for training tomorrow? No, I I think that bit of it was a... a, It was a kind of... Maybe between a a sort of rock and a hard place where he maybe wanted to continue his career. But equally, he would have known the opportunities, especially if it's as high profile as as he started out on Sky Sports and the likes, that doesn't come around know, too often or too easily, and I think that that maybe has actually made his decision a bit easier to to either swallow or accept. Yeah, I think I think I mean, you're right. The way he was talking on Sky Sports the other day, he, he still wants to
1: play. From what mm. I was, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he'll take a step down, but I I don't think we're seeing the last of him as a player. I think as Stuart says we'll see more and more of him on the media side because yeah, that seems to be, you know, where he's sort of levitating towards. But I, I still think Jermaine Defoe will be a player for the next year, at least. Yeah, well, I
0: was watching um, Hull versus Stoke to the Championship. I admittedly, you know, once he with the bottom end of the Championship, one and uh, the other pushing for a playoff. But it's the kind of level he could he could still do a job at. And I know he was struggling for game time at Bournemouth, but um, it's he, he could absolutely still score goals at that level a week in, week out. He's, he, everyone knows he's fit enough. Everyone knows he keeps himself in, in good enough shape. Um, And that is the kind of level that also facilitates the media work on the side. You see that with plenty of players down here. So when we talk about that goal at Livingston, which was, I seem to remember that being sort of a real milestone goal for him. I can't remember what number it was, but um, it was a huge goal for him personally. The goal at Celtic, he'd spoken about how much he wanted that old firm goal as well. There were moments like that where you could see how much it meant to him. Um, and that this wasn't just a, a payday at the end of his career. He, he he seemed to really fall for the club and enjoy his time there. His and his goal at the
1: Taudry as well was a good one. I liked
0: his, his goal, goal up at the at The last yeah. minute
1: that just killed the game.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, and it's
0: you know it's a shame in a way that again the good stuff that he brought happened predominantly in a season without fans. Yeah. Um, it's a shame for him and a shame for us. But um I, I don't think you'll find anyone with a bad word to say from Rangers about Jermaine Defoe handled himself really really well and I, I think it's it's right for all parties that he gets to go and pursue other opportunities so um we'll move then to from a, a, a chap at the maybe the tail end of his career to, to someone with exciting things ahead of him Stuart the other main outgoing in, in this transfer window has been Nathan Patterson uh, about a fortnight or so ago now uh, it was confirmed that he'd moved to Everton for a fee that was Undisclosed, but it seems pretty clear that it's around about the £11 million mark, uh, rising up to £16 million based on certain add-ons and, and targets being hit, with a sell-on percentage as well. Um, first things first, it's by far and away the highest transfer fee that Rangers have ever received, and not bad for someone who's only played a dozen games or so, certainly doesn't weaken the, the first 11. What are your thoughts on this deal?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised it's as much as twelve and a half million. I thought I was I was reading in some places it was only a million plus <laughs> half a million in add-ons, and that was from people in the know who were obviously closer to the deal than his agent was. I, I liked I like the guy in Twitter
1: like, pulling up Gordon Smith telling him he was wrong.
2: Yeah. I <laughs> I I I I I must admit, I mean that was that 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 was that was pretty yeah, funny. God. It's it's it, it's it's the same as a lot of things in football that you have people telling you no you're no no you're totally wrong that that's never going to happen you're talking rubbish. When actually you know you could be sitting at the dinner table with somebody who just told you something you go and tweet it and or or put it in the paper the next day and you still get people saying yeah I don't know what your source is but it's absolutely wrong. Well here's my source. Um, listen. The 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 money that Rangers will get, you're absolutely right, Ross. This is this is a proper football deal, if you know what I mean. This isn't somebody whos is valued the X number of pounds in the eyes of Rangers fans and suddenly get out the door for considerably less. This is actually a deal where Rangers have said this what this boy's worth and you know, the, and we're going to get top dollar from him. And and the other thing was you're you're right you're looking at uh, a situation where he is not actually, an, he is an established first-team player, but only in as much as he was being used, you know, as a, a bit-part player. He he was actually probably more established player, believe it or not, with Scotland at international level or becoming that way than it was at Rangers. So if somebody comes in and offers you that kind of money and you cannot, you know, even though Scotland's trying to do it with two left backs that have got you cannot force two guys to play who play the same position to play in different positions because ultimately one of them will suffer. And and you heard people saying, well why can why can one of them not push forward and play why can Tavenier not push forward and play right midfield? Because because he could play that position, yeah. But the the fact that is his advantage of you actually being able to use him and use him in that position is because he comes from so deep and, and actually ends up playing two positions. So, listen, I thought it was a no-brainer. The fact that Everton identified the guy as a player and a talent that they wanted, albeit they now have a manager who signed him, who's no longer there, but that, that you can almost have predicted that 200 days ago um, when, when that move or that deal happened. I think it's a great bit of business for Rangers, I think I would um, reiterate what a great many Rangers fans have thought. It's great getting that money. Well done to the boy. Um, good luck to him. Um, you know, I don't think you will ever forget that he was a, a Rangers player first and foremost, but I think you're looking for that um, that money not to be squirreled away for rainy days. I think you're looking for that money to be invested in some way, shape or form and give Rangers the best chance again this season of actually winning a title.
0: Yeah, yeah, but on Colin, what are your, your thoughts on this one? It's certainly not a deal that, that makes us any weaker, and, and for that money, how could you Yeah,
1: feel? It's, I mean, I'm quite disappointed that we've lost him, you know, because he he they did look at a huge talent, and it's always a wee bit disappointing when you you lose young players like that, and without actually really getting to see them, you know, I think was it was 13 appearances or something they made for Rangers. Yeah. So, but on the flip side, you know, 60 million, you know, if, if if everything goes the way it should. For a player who only played thirteen times, is, is a great deal of business. Uh, a great bit of business, sorry. And it kind of ties in. I mean, I don't, I don't know if any's listened to uh, Stuart Robinson on the, the the Athletic podcast talking to uh, Chappers, my mate Chappers. Uh, I thought he spoke very well, and it sort of tied in with a lot of the stuff that he said on that. You know that the you know the club over the last few years has been trying to improve the sort of football operation side of the business and get young players in and you know, either get them into the first team or after after you know excelling at such a rate that they, they, they move on. Uh, so I would I, I would advise anyone to listen to it because it gets a bit of stick, Robertson, every now and again, but he, he spoke very well in it. Uh, and and some of the stuff that he, he talks about makes you think just how much, you know, the, the the current regime that came in uh was it 2015, how much rebuilding they had to do. You know, in terms of the infrastructure at the club, you know, the, the stadium, the the training complex and just the, the, the place was just a mess. And so for, for us to be sitting here like six, seven years later, you know, league champions going for another league title and selling players for 16 million after they played for the club 13 times, it's, it's indicative of the work that. That's been done there, you know. What I mean, they, they really have done a great job in rebuilding the club, considering where we were, you know, five six years ago. So, yeah, as I said, quite sad to see him go. Uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that we had two great players in that position. You know, any other any other time, he would have probably walked into that right back position and and, and held that down for a number of years. But Tav's obviously, you know, operating at a high level, and the, the situation that Stuart's talking about as well. You know, he's right. You know, Tav does get a lot of benefit for starting these runs for deeper. But also, we do have right midfielders. You don't say to folk that are right mid. by the way, we're going to bin you because we've got to try and shoehorn these two guys into the team. It doesn't work like that. And if you're getting offered the sort of money that we were offered for Patterson, uh, and, you know, we do have to balance the boots. This is something we've spoken about before on the show. Yeah, a great bit of business. It's a bit sad. I always find it young. I was I was a little bit disappointed uh, when Danny Wilson left when he was like 18, 19 or whatever. When he moved to Liverpool, I always find it a wee bit disappointing when young players go so young. But you know, we live in a business; it's a business world, so we've got to balance the books, and it makes sense. So, yeah, best of luck to the boy.
2: I think, I think the the, the thing as well as the, the Rangers fans on this one is, and you know, again, I completely understand the the disappointment level, Colin. Um, but when you see someone like Billy Gilmore going to Chelsea for washers, and then you suddenly see Rangers. You know, coining in twelve and a half million up to yeah. sixteen million quid for for Patterson. You know, you 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 have to say, what what way do you want it? Do you want to be cashing in in these players and getting their true value, or do you want me just to be, a, you know, in a, a similar situation? I know I might be comparing apples and oranges here, or, or tatties and tournaments, but the fact of the matter is that you know a great many people were unhappy that Gilmer could suddenly just leave and, and head to the big bright lights of for of London for virtually nothing. Whereas in this occasion, Rangers have got a, a good deal. And it's a it's a deal as well, um, looking at a bigger picture. It's a much bigger deal in as much as you suddenly have people realising that if you come to East Scotland for decent talent, you're going to have to pay for it. You know, and and Everton in some respects might be a bit of a You know, a a car crash. um, In terms of what they've they've done transfer wise, but somebody there identified Parson as the real deal, and I I can assure you, if Parson hadn't left this earlier in the transfer market, Everton get in there first. If he had not gone to Everton. You can bet your, your bottom dollar, or you can bet any dollar you can find in and amongst your 12.5 million that Rangers bought, that he would have gone elsewhere, and significantly elsewhere, not just as, you know a, a Southampton or a, a Burnley or whatever it is, to, to a pretty decent level or a pretty decent standard. See, another thing is, it, it, t- it ties in with what
1: Dave Robertson was saying on that podcast the other day there. You know, I don't think Rangers could have done a deal like this a few years ago because they didn't have that reputation. You know, the club would have to convince the buying club, actually, we're, we're a, we're a credible club and we, you know, we think this guy's worth X amount. And that's, that's something that Robertson spoke about. You know, they've really had to repair the reputation of the club and therefore we are now sitting at the table negotiating as being viewed as a big and serious club, and, that our, and our opinion has been taken seriously. Whereas five or six years ago, I don't think that's the case. So I also think the fact that we've got that this, this kind of money reflects well on the, the, you know, the standing of the club and, and our negotiating position now. That I think you know Celtic have sort of ruled the roost in that recently. You know, when they've been selling players, clubs down south are convinced well, will they produce players? They would sell them on, right? We'll spend the money that they say they think they're, they're worth whereas we, we would probably have struggled to do that and that's maybe why Gilmore was part of the reason Gilmore walked out the door for, for, for next to nothing but the fact that we're now negotiating these type of fees not only shows that we're producing better players it shows that we are sitting down with, with, with people that want to buy our players and saying well you're not getting them until you pay this amount of money
0: mm-hmm. See, this is, this is such a good point and this is why it's so important that it's important for us that Patterson does well down there yeah. Because why is it that, that Celtic have been able to get, you know, fifteen, sixteen plus million for for Jeremy Fringe from, from Leverkusen? Why is it that they were able to get twelve or thirteen million for a Christopher Ayer who was in the last year of his contract and had spent eighteen months of football running scared from big matches? It's because they had success with sale at selling Virgil van Dyke and, and 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 Stuart Armstrong who's done who's obviously been pretty successful down at I, think,
1: I think Van Dyke's the big one, and You know, I mean As, he, yeah, he he done absolutely. well at Southampton and then he's got that huge move uh, to Liverpool, you know, and he's had a lot of success there. So everything Celtic yeah. sat down to negotiate, put they'll just say, well, you know, this is what we've done in the past. Exactly,
0: exactly. And it's 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 so important that we can show success from from our academy or for players that we've developed. And it will come to the sales of um uh, a Glenn Kamara or a Joe Arrebo, who's you know we we'll probably won't have time to talk about it now, but doing incredibly well out at Afcon and has more eyes on him now than, than anyone ever did. I mean, remember when uh, Lee Boyar said, "I don't know why he's going up to Rangers because he's sort of killing his career by doing so." Um, that boy's going to get a hell of a move, and again, it's important for us that when that move comes, that it's for a good amount of money and that he does yeah, well. He does because well, That's how we yeah. develop that, that, we cultivate that relationship, that um, reputation as a as a
2: strong, successful selling club. It's so important for the financial future. What a visionary, though. I mean, I mean Lee Boyer. I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, there, there, there is a guy. There is a guy that whatever he says now, i have getting an alert on my phone, uh, and and on on Google that if he says anything, I basically buy into it almost immediately, just to see how long it will take for whatever he has said to become a complete and utter irrelevance.
0: <laughs> he actually did all right at Charlton, didn't he? He was there for a few years and got them promoted, but it was just it was bitter. Do you remember a, a few years back when we signed um, Josh Windass and Matt Crooks from Accrington Stanley? Do you remember their chairman and their fans going up? You know, why are they going up there? Scottish football is irrelevant. it's just bitterness, complete and yeah. utter bitterness. And Lee Boyer, looking at his career here, he never actually achieved anything. He never won anything. So. Uh, saying that Joe Rival is not going to have a career because he's moved to Scotland, and Joe Rival played top four Premier League football, undoubtedly. I mean, he's he's a stunning
2: talent. There it. was <laughs> somebody on Twitter last night or someone like that said, "Yeah, I've watched the United. That's my United. Team. Get them <laughs> and, you get him for six hundred And I mean, there, there has to be some form, you know, the algorithms where you can request that Twitter are immediately head right to somebody's address and drug. Test them, you know, six hundred grand. Yeah, okay. Mental. See that, mental. see
1: that thing you're talking about about people in England looking down at, at, at the Scottish game. That's why it's so important that someone like Defoe, you know, t- talks yeah. talks so well about not not just the club, but you know, the the, the football up here and stuff like that. Because that there, there, there are so many players. There's been a lot of big name players that have played for Rangers and and that shower out of the road. By the way. Who have spoken nothing but highly about, you know, the, the, the clubs that they played for and their, their experience of the country and the football and all that kind of thing. But you've still got these people down there, you know, who proclaim that the, the premiership is the best league in the world that that sort of churn out the sort of nonsense that, that we're a pub league and all that kind of thing. Now, don't get me wrong. We're, we're, we're nowhere near a, a, a huge league by any stretch of the imagination. But I think a lot of people that spout that nonsense. Would be surprised if they come up here and actually took on a few games. Absolutely, i honestly,
0: I live and work
1: with it every single day. <laughs> and it's 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 it's
0: it's rude. It's arrogant, and it's completely ill informed. There are there are some incredibly pinpot features of our game. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. And by the way, if Dick Campbell gets our growth promoted with a part-time squad and that stadium playing in the SPFL Premiership, that makes us probably, I mean, it's a wonderful story and it'd be funny in a great away day, but it doesn't help the the sort of image and reputation. But we're a a huge club, a huge footballing institution, and it's players like Jermaine Defoe coming up here and experiencing that and then talking it up but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it stops Darren from Lincoln replying
2: to a tweet from Sky Sports <laughs> saying that my
0: nan could boss
2: that league. yes Yeah. 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 It, but thing, the thing is, the thing is you, you mentioned there with our broth. I mean, that is Kulnocki and Robert De actually coming coming true. You know. Yeah. You know that 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 is everything you saw, and um, you know that 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 famous. Oscar performance from McCoy. That's it. <laughs> Real life actually, you know, arriving here on our very doorstep if that actually yeah. happens. But no, I, listen, I think, I think there's enough young talent and enough good players. And again, you, you look at the likes of, um, you know, Robertson at Liverpool. Okay, he to serve an apprenticeship with Hull City, but people saw there that that guy was 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 something different. And and long may it continue. I, I really have to be supportive of Scottish players that you're doing there and make a mark and anything to actually make people look at Scottish football in a different light. I know I'm really really critical of it at times. Um, something because clubs sell one guy for or three million and immediately head for the heady heights of UC Acclington Stanley to spend splash their cash and make them, you know, and, and bring them a complete known entity. But the fact of the matter is, the more that the Rangers or Celtic or Harks or Habs or whoever it might be, Aberdeen can actually send players south that can actually do a job, the better it will be long term for Scottish football, and the better it'll be for Scottish football clubs, and that includes Rangers, attracting top dollar for the best talent. That's it. That's it. I mean, we've seen that um, the
0: impact that young English talent has had coming to Rangers. I mean, no doubt attracted by Stephen Gerrard, but some of the players we signed we never would have got if it weren't for him. And, um, they always speak so highly of, whether it's a, like I say, whether it's a, a Jermaine Defoe who leaves and talks highly of the club, or it's a Joe Rebo who comes up the road, or a Connor Goldson comes up the road, and goes, "I never appreciated how big this was," yeah. because it's it's not spoken about enough. Um, there's four, maybe five English Premier League teams that can match Rangers for for size, and, and, and let's let's be let's be truthful. That's the same for the other mob across the other end of the city. There's not many clubs that that, that can match it for size, so. Um, a wee bit of respect is all we're asking. Um, <laughs> gents, uh, we've only got a few minutes left, but in, in 48 hours we'll, we'll know the result of, of Aberdeen versus Rangers as we return um, after the hastily brought forward winter break. Um, obviously, we, we won't rake over all ground there, but it is phenomenal to have the football coming back. Um, a tough place to go, certainly not the the game you would choose to have your first game back after three weeks, but, but Colin... What shape is the is the squad's going to be? in? you'd like to think not too many of them have been away with internationals or, or the like. Surely they should be fighting fit and, and rearing to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got to be honest with you. Over the last sort of couple of weeks, I've not tuned out, but I've not been reading up as much as I would normally do because you know you try and be informed when you're pro- producing high quality content like we do twice a week, eh, Ross. But because we've had that wee break, I've, I've not been really following up any sort of updates for the club. But, I mean, I've not seen anything in terms of, you know, new injuries or anything like that. So, I mean, I, I think Roof's still doubtful. Obviously, Ryan Jack, Holander, I would imagine probably that's arrived too quickly for him. But, I mean, uh, I think the squad's in pretty decent shape. It's obviously not the best place to be going at the moment. I'm slightly annoyed that they've, they've Slightly, I know he doesn't even cover it. I mean, the whole thing was farcical. That break getting moved, uh, we, you know, we were handed that real tough December, and it was like, oh, you know, you're seeing all the Celtic fans. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what come the end of December, and then, you know, with the twentieth of December, we've, we've won every game and we're motoring, and it's like, all oh, right, okay, uh, right, let's move the, let's move the the, the winter break because of the Omicron. Uh, so th- we had a bit of momentum and I'm a wee bit annoyed that that's been disrupted. You know, I'd, I'd rather go to Petaudry, Uh while we were in that, sort of running momentum and running form. But, you know, it's always a difficult place to go. But Gio knows that. You know, he's still still yet to concede. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing really, really well. No, we've conceded one. Did we concede one? Conceded against Le- uh, Livingston. Livingston. Yeah, right. So... Eh, uh, but how we've not conceded in the last six or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, but, but I mean, we've stopped conceding anyway. You know what I mean? When I mean, you consider where we are, the, the, the sort of last few weeks, Stephen Gerrard, we were one-nine down, two-nine down every week, basically. Yeah, I feel fairly confident. I, 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 a wee bit frustrating that that momentum was interrupted, but, eh, uh, the way we've been defending, I feel pretty confident going up there, I must admit. You've got to be, you know, if you want to win leagues, you've got to, these are the games that you've got to go and win. You know what I mean? You've got to go up there and, and make a statement. They're known in the best form. Obviously, it's always a tough place to go in terms of atmosphere and stuff like that. But once you get through that, you know, and just focus on the football, play the, play the players you're playing against rather than the, the atmosphere and the occasion, then we should win. Yeah.
0: Stuart, one player that we've not been without all season, I think, he's played in every single game so far. Is Aripo. Obviously, he's over in, in Cameroon at the moment, set in Africa on fire, not literally. Um, how, how big a miss will will he be, and and what would you do to try and plug that gap?
2: Listen, uh, the, the fact that he's you know six thousand miles away or whatever, seven thousand miles away, playing in an international tournament this time of season, I, I have to say, is regrettable. Um, it's just, it just where football is, and where the African Cup of Nations is, in terms of the grand scheme of things, people can talk it up, but you don't. You wouldn't be playing this in January, You'd be playing it, you know, in the summer, and and playing it at the same time as European football shuts down for their uh, summer break. Do the same as we do with the Euros, or World Cup, or whatever. And that's by the by. Listen, he could have missed this game through suspension. He could have missed this game by slipping in the snow or take a kick in training, you have to get up and get on with it. And will it be missed? Probably yes, but I think this is you are looking at the squad and thinking that if Joe Ebo's out, somebody else has to come in and do the job. Who's going to be who's going to be given that task? You, you, know, you, you could speculate that there are a few players that might actually be asked to do a job. I think Whilst Arribo might be seen as an attacking talent, I do wonder whether on this occasion uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst might go to Pataudry, um with a, not so much a safety first attitude, but let's let's try and, t- you know, let's just tough this one out and, and get a win with whatever it takes rather than playing silky soccer. Um, so I, I'm interested to see. Who fills that void? What kind of formation that Rangers decide to play with Arebo not being there? And ultimately, if they get a result with him being absent, then that can only go well for the rest of the season. I I think sure. right? I think it'll be a similar
1: performance to the one at Easter Road. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think Rangers will be overly expansive on Tuesday night. I think it'll be just make sure we don't concede. And if we don't concede, you know, You've got every chance then. That's the point,
2: Colin. That's the point, Colin. And, and you have a right to, to bring that up. And it's it's something that, you know, I, I, I said often enough, when Stephen Gerrard was still at Rangers, life was extremely difficult for Rangers because they were conceding first and then having to score
1: yeah.
2: a, a goal just to equalise and get themselves back in. Under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Rangers have been comfortable at 0-0. And they've never tried to hurry games on. They've never tried to rush things. They've taken their time. And ultimately, if they've scored one goal, then they're to score two or three or even more. It's been it's been pretty controlled and measured by Rangers. And I think, if anything, under Giovanni van Bronckhorst, they have lost the element of desperation in their performances where we almost need to score in the first five minutes. And if we don't score in the first five minutes, oh my God, we're going to concede a goal. In the first fifteen minutes, and then it's going to be uphill. I think that there, there is a real confidence in their own ability and a calmness within that team that that actually, you know, has has suited suited the Rangers players. I think I don't think there's as much pressure on them, and I think they're actually quite capable of handling games. And if it takes an hour to score a goal, it will take an hour to score a goal. They don't have that anxiety issue that I think they had under Steven Gerrard. No, we're controlling
1: games, controlling, but that's one thing. You're, you're right, sure. Since Evan Bronkowski has came in, we're controlling games a lot better now. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, Easter Road was a wee bit nervy towards the end. It, it was a, it was, it was the late late show, wasn't it? But he never, I've never really felt during a game so far under under Gio that we were going to lose it. You know, it was all about football, football and it's been very effective
0: football. Um. There's a lot of talk about keeping the zero, which is a much fancier way than uh, what Colin just said of staying at nil. I think you said, but <laughs> keeping the zero
2: sounds a lot nicer. I was, um, I was not. I've, going, not, I've, not, I've never been for the, the most w. <laughs> going, going, for it. Going for, the w. But, going but for in, the w. but in those performances as well, Rangers have adopted a, a, an approach whereby they have, they have. Contain teams not by defending and shutting games down. They've actually made it, you know, dominated the possession and actually and actually put the other teams in the back foot because of the personnel they've used. Be it be it Haji, be it Sakala, you know, Sakala's pace and the fact that he's he's got such a good spring coming out of the back post or whatever it is has given Rangers another another option and occupies occupies potentially you know attacking fullbacks because if you get Sakala to watch you can't be 50 yards further down the, the pitch yeah. or you're going to get skinned and I think it's been very subtle and very slight um sort of amendments and a bit of tinkering with the Rangers Rangers team and how they approach it. But Rangers are actually controlling games being in the front foot now rather than Hanging on for, uh, I want a better description, and I think that's a that's a huge change that's come in under under geo.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely right. I'm just looking here at Alfredo Morelos' stats against Aberdeen in the Premiership in the league. Eleven games, seven goals. Certainly a club that he enjoys getting a goal against them with the, the form that he's shown under Geo Obviously enjoying working with Roy Mackay Obviously looking in good shape. Um, that's where my my money will be to, uh, for, for for Tuesday evening, and of course. There is a game before that tomorrow night. Um, The other side of the city are are at home hosting Hibs. Certainly not an easy game. Hibs since the the, the League Cup final have won both of their games um, against Aberdeen and against London United. So they're they're a a wee bit of a decent form themselves and hopefully they can do us a favour tomorrow night. That will sort of take us to the the top of the show there. So thank you uh, to to both Colin and Stuart for giving up their Sunday evening to to join me to talk about Rangers. It's been a real pleasure being, being back on air and getting to talk about the club. Thanks as well to everyone who's joined us on the YouTube stream tonight. Um, It's been a a pleasure having you back with us. and I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, the show is available for download first thing on Monday, so please do give us a a subscribe, maybe give us a like and a weak comment as well and and help us out with that. The show will, of course, be back uh, next Sunday with the main show. That's Sunday, the 23rd of January, uh, and that'll be at 9.30 on the JazzNet YouTube stream. I'm sure there's going to be one or two little preview shows and reviews popped out in the interim throughout the week, so just keep your eye on the JazzNet social media channels. Uh, for all the latest information Um, until then enjoy the game on tuesday let's hope for a positive result and we will see you next week bye for now